Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here, once again, flying this Minisode ship solo as we move on through in the March of Minisodes. And as we move into day two of our Straight to Series episodes. Um, in Yesterday, in our first episode, I uh, went through three video games I think would be good adaptations uh, to be turned into TV shows. And it gave you some reasons why, about how you know video games probably, um, the, the, or at least right now, the most logical format um, for a video game adaptation is a TV show versus a movie. Um, you just get a little bit more room to play with the narrative and, you know, just thinking about, like, how long it takes to play some video games. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes you can, I mean, obviously you can play a game as much as you want, but sometimes just, like, the story elements of certain games take 15, 16 hours to play. Um, you know, and that's very difficult to condense into a single movie. So, um so a TV series, so I think TV series certainly is the way to go with video games. Uh, but for for this one day two here, we're going to be tackling some movies that I think would be good. Um, old movies that I think would be good um, are ripe for adaptation, or simply would just really fit well in the in the TV format. Um, I'm actually going to give these titles as well, um, new titles to reflect the the new version of of, of the you know separated from the movie and kind of. It's movie original and kind of give it its own sort of um, its own sort of space, if if that makes sense. Um, I didn't do that for the video games because I think, generally speaking, they work as TV titles anyway. Um, I mean, like legitimately, what else would you name Titanfall? It, it, it already kind of gives you it gives you the understanding of like what's happening. Um, Dead Space is already a great name for a TV show, a horror TV show, right? And what remains of Edith Finch already sounds like it's a title of some prestige uh, HBO Max show or some prestige Apple Plus series. So um, I didn't give them titles because I just didn't think it was necessary. But I think for uh, for the movies and then uh, tomorrow when we get into the TV series, uh, rebooting the old TV series, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a little bit of um, tinkering with the titles as well there too. So but anyway. Let's just jump right into it. Let's start off with these movies. Um, I think, um, like I said, three movies. Excuse me, let me go back through the rules or the, the general setup. Three movies that I'm, I'm going to dive into in a little bit of detail. And then I have three honorable mentions as well for uh, for movies that could make for interesting TV shows. Um, and I definitely went with, uh, definitely went, again, went a little bit more sci-fi and a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I don't, I don't know, sci-fi and sort of, there's a little bit of magic in it too, so you'll you'll see what I mean here when we as we dive into it. So <clears throat> the first movie that I'm going to adapt and turn into a TV series, and this is one of those this is one of those movies that has been talked about in in the almost now 40 years since it was uh, since it was released. It's been talked about having sequels or reboots or whatever. Fine, let's go ahead and finally pull the trigger on rebooting or remaking. I, I guess in this, at least in my case continuing the story from the last starfighter from 1984 and uh we are going to call this series the next starfighter so the general synopsis of <clears throat> the general synopsis of the last starfighter you are or you are excuse me uh I'm still still have it in my video game because it, it is based there is video game influence here like a stand-up uh, arcade game influence here in the in the original movie um, but it follows uh, Alex Rogan, who's kind of a who's a trailer park kid, kind of um, uh, you know his his dreams and ambitions are bigger than like where he's growing up. Um, but he kind of gets uh, he, you know the the 
his uh, exits to college and some other you know potential lives uh, outside of the trailer park are just kind of closed down. But he is really great at this game called The Last Starfighter. Um, you know, one of those uh, back in the eighties, the, the arcade, the arcade game thing was like a really, really big. The arcades were really big. Period. Um, so it was kind of a you know it was definitely been a fun thing at that point in time to be a teenager who was really great at an arcade game. But anyway, he's really great at this uh, at this video game called The Last Starfighter. Unbeknownst to him, it is a training program and a recruiting tool uh, for the Star League, and he gets recruited into a intergalactic war um, against the Kodan Empire. And, uh, you know, at first, of course, he has to go through the hero's journey, so he has to refuse the call to action, but um, there is a, there's an assassin, an alien assassin on his planet looking for him and hurting people that he knows. So, you know, it's like, well, you can't live on Earth because they're just going to keep sending these people down, or these assassins down. Um, so he goes back to, he goes back to the Star League and fights, and fights for the, uh, the Star League as the, but by the time he gets back, the, uh, the Starfighter Brigade is completely destroyed, hence the title of the movie, The Last Starfighter. But he manages to, with his uh, pilot and, uh, I guess he was like a con man. If I'm remembering the story correctly, he was a con man as well. Uh, Centauri. Um, they managed to uh, single-handedly take down the Kodan Empire and uh, and resolve the Zurian crisis. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's where the movie ends. And uh, there was just never, despite talk about it, there was never a sequel. And there was never a reboot. Uh, so it feels like perfect time to do it here in a TV series, The Next Starfighter. So here's the general synopsis of my TV show. Decades after the Zurian crisis is resolved and the Kodan and the Kodan Empire is defeated, the Star League has reformed and is back to a more peaceful state. Uh, in fact, the Star League has begun uh, diplomatic outreach to new worlds, including Earth, though Earth's inclusion is only known to a handful of world leaders and intelligence organizations. Kind of like, uh, in that case, kind of like Men in Black a little bit, where like the, the people that need to know, know, but it's not... Uh, not worldwide knowledge for fear of causing uh, causing panic, basically. Um, and plus, there's a there's a, a fun element of sort of secrecy that um, you know, like Alex Rogan playing the game. He doesn't, he doesn't realize that he's playing a game that is in fact a training simulator. So like, we're we're gonna keep some of that sort of that sort of element of surprise to it um, for the series. But anyway, the Starfighter program still exists, though the years of prolonged peace have rendered it. Uh, somewhat obsolete, and, and the number of skilled pilots in the Defense Force remains uh, kind of small. Um, you know, there's no reason, in this case, there's no reason to build a vast army when there's no one to fight. So, the the Defense, the Starfighter program, you know, even though there's still fighters in it, um, it's just not as robust as it once was. Um, anyway, <clears throat> on an outreach mission to a potential new member world, a fleet of Star League ships are ambushed and destroyed, and a ship full of Star League envoys are taken hostage beyond the Star, beyond the Star League borders and into the hostile frontier. Um, in this attack, many of the best starfighters are, are, are killed, and it leaves the, the Star League without, uh, you know, with very minimal defenses and little hope of being able to find their missing envoys. You know, like I said, you know, you have a small, this particular part of the, of the fighting force uh, for this intergalactic government system has kind of been destroyed, so there's really just not much, they really don't have many options. So, obviously they're going to turn to the Starfighter program. Um, now, it's like I said, it still exists, though it's not really the recruiting tool that it, that it once was. Um, but it has advanced, right? Like, it's just, video games always advance. So now it's like a multi-platform game. You know, it's, a, it's played on consoles, played in VR, mobile games. And there are different, you know, there's different installments and downloadable content for, you know, different versions of the game. Like, you know... 
just like think of think of a Call of Duty franchise, all of the expansions, all of the new games, and, and the downloadable content for those. There's it's the same idea. So it's, it's a whole franchise of video games, um, and <clears throat> this is important because all of the games are they are still all training simulators, but because of the way we've advanced in video games and uh, the way that uh, the you know the needs of the Star League have advanced as well. All of these, all of the, the differences in the games, and you know, be it version to version and, and platform to platform, all the differences are designed to um, sort of bring out and showcase different skills. So it's not just being a fighter pilot, right? Like that's that was the original was like how good how good was Alex Rogan as a fighter pilot? Um, in this version, it's you know, there's going to be fighter pilots. There's going to be uh, strategy games. There are games you know games that value strategy. Uh, there's going to be games that value. Um, Maybe someone's a really good, uh, you know, some kind of VR boxing game or something. So someone's like a good fist fighter. So, you know, liken this to to just video games in general. Like even even in something that's a little bit more straightforward, like a first-person shooter like Call of Duty, you can still change your your equipment, your loadout, your build, so to enhance certain to enhance certain strengths that you might have. So in this case, we're going to use the we're going to use the Starfighter the Starfighter games. And, um, you know, the varying types of games to sort of build an entire Starfighter team. You know, we're going to need a crack pilot. We're going to need someone who is uh, really good with military strategy. Um, you know, we're going to need someone maybe who um, who's really great at, you know, really great at, like, a great mechanic, right? Like, we're going to need all of these different, like, assets to build an entire Starfighter team. So, for the sake of the, of the narrative, Earth is going to have the main character, Right. Um, you know, the, the individual who scores the highest in the, you know, across the games and in the program is going to be for, is going to be from earth. It just kind of makes sense, but we're going to pull starfighters from like all over the, all over the star league member worlds. Uh, but we're going to have, um, you know, an, an, an earth based, a human based, um, human based team basically, uh, just for the simplicity's sake. Um, so anyway, the, the highest scoring person from the starfighter program becomes the starfighter squad leader. And they are going to go out, uh, you know, they gotta, they're going to pick their team to go out on this mission uh, to figure out who ambushed the Star League and rescue the envoys. So we'll, you know, so the first few episodes will kind of focus on that sort of, you know, the that sort of development of the Starfighter team, uh, the Starfighter squad, um, whatever, whatever whatever we end up calling them exactly. Um, obviously a little bit of some, of some of the political machinations of the Star League and like what's going on with them. And we'll finally get to, you know, if you're thinking like about a 10 or 12 episode season, we'll get to a mid-season reveal that um, the missing, amongst the missing envoys are, in fact, Alex and Maggie Rogan from the movie, uh, who are now two of Star League's uh, sort of most important diplomats that were captured by the remnants of the Kodan Empire, who have been plotting for decades to get vengeance on Alex, uh, the last Starfighter, and reclaim their power in the galaxy. And then that will be sort of a, uh, you know, that that's the that's, I, I envision this as being a, a one season sort of show, you know, a you know limited series or whatever. Um, but I suppose you could kind of stretch this over a couple, over multiple seasons. But it will be sort of a you know, getting the team together, putting them, you know, having them advance the ranks, uh, become a team, and then we will have throw them a little candy for you know for people like me who are fans of the, of the original movie. To have you know, see Lance Guest and I think it's Catherine, yeah, Catherine Mary Stewart, uh, back again in their roles, um, you know, just kind of like a little fun, uh, little fun nod to the original and and to show kind of where you know what happened to Alex and Maggie after they left Earth and 
went to go join uh, went to go join the Star League. So <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that'd be a, I think that's a fun way to do it. Um, you could even sort of if you wanted to do it sort of more of the same, you could sort of you could pare it down to it really focusing heavily on one person. And again, I think there will be for sure. There's there has to be a main character in any ensemble. There has to be one or two main characters. Um, but you could even pare that down a little bit more um, from like a whole team of like you know maybe six to eight down into something smaller. But I do kind of want to avoid the one thing I do want to avoid with this is I don't want just you know fighter pilot ship to ship combat. We're gonna have you know um, there's gonna be missions where again where other skills are needed. So like yeah sure f- flying you know flying a spaceship and, and shooting and stuff great, but we're gonna need someone to. Um, you know, need someone to, to plot how to extract Alex and Maggie um, from their, um, you know, from their, you know, wh- wherever they're being held. You know, like a prison break-in, prison break-out. Someone has to orchestrate that. We need, you know, there's just going to be more stuff for all these people to do and more stuff even for the, um, you know, the uh, the titular next starfighter to do as well beyond flying, a, you know, beyond flying a fighter, I guess a, a fighter ship. I, don't, I can't remember what, exactly what they're, I think they're just called starfighters in the, um, now nah, there's a name for them. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but obviously there will be plenty of that as well. So that's the general synopsis for my first TV show or movie movie two TV show TV show adaptation, and we're going to make the last Starfighter become the next Starfighter. And for our next one, of course, I'm reaching back into uh, 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 into the the usual bag of tricks here, and I'm going to go with a with a favorite. And I think I think that uh, boy, I I can imagine that this person would be reinvigorated and really enjoy making this if they were given the opportunity to do so. Um, and so this this next uh, series is based off the two movies, well, you know, the movie series, uh, but really mostly the first one, but um, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., and we're going to have a TV series called Escape from Earth. And I think this would be the kind of thing... I know, I know that John Carpenter would really, just based on... The things that you hear about him more recently, um, that he would really like relish the opportunity to get something that like really he really has complete control over, and he's done TV before. Um, I'm not you know I'm not sure if he would want to necessarily direct every single episode of a TV series, but certainly you know directing the key episodes of a TV series would be something I think he would want to do. And I think that you know someone who's I don't want to call him bitter old man because I just don't think that's accurate. But I think he would really like love the opportunity to kind of like make something really cool, which he's spent a career doing making really fucking cool movies. Um, but making something really cool and sort of kind of like a just a sort of uh, like a little bit of a middle finger to all the executives and studios that um, unceremoniously cut his budgets and cut like a lot of his creative ideas. Um, even though this guy produced literally had like a 12 year run where he was making some of the best movies um, you know, some of the most interesting, unique movies in the history of cinema. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so Escape from Earth. Uh, we are going to, this is going to be a continuation of, uh, of Snake Plissken's life. Obviously, at this point, you probably can't ask Kurt Russell to play Snake Plissken. But there, I think there is an opportunity for him to do so. Um, you know, to play a much older, wiser version of, of the Snake Plissken character. But I think more than likely you'd have to recast um Hey, I I know a guy that that's a pretty good actor, pretty good action actor that looks a lot like him. Uh, his name is Wyatt Russell, and uh, uh, I think that would be that would be kind of fucking awesome if he took on the mantle of this like of this amazing character that his dad played. Um, so anyway, the, the 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 story here 
Snake Plissken is living in anonymity on Earth, which was abandoned by the rich and powerful for greener pastures on the moon and Mars. The people left behind on the planet are the worst of the worst. It's the most economically disadvantaged. I mean, it is kind of the ver. It is really like a hellscape. I mean, imagine the you know the prison world of Escape from New York, but like almost planet wide, basically. Um, on Earth, there's no real attempt to even control crime or imprison people anymore. Large swaths of of territory and land, even entire countries on Earth, are controlled by the remaining powerful individuals who are basically warlords that have um, gangs basically serving as de facto military and police forces in their territory. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's not a great place to be. And, uh, you know, the rich and powerful have fled and just basically just told Earth, you know, fuck off. We don't really need you for anything anymore. Um, the reasons why, you know, they don't need Earth anymore, who, who the hell cares? It's not really the important part. But they really don't need Earth anymore. Um, so all the all the criminals and all the undesirables um, from, you know, from the now from the rich and powerful up in the moon and, and Mars, all the undesirables from their society have been stuck down on Earth. Now, <clears throat> a series of terror attacks rocks one of the cities on the moon, and a faked video of Snake Plissken confessing to organizing the attack and promising more mayhem is, rec- is released across the interplanetary news network, along with a massive bounty uh, that has been placed on Snake Plissken's head by the government. Um, you know, he's wanted dead or alive, and, uh, you know, amongst, you know, in this bounty, not just money, but, um, you know, probably more important. I mean, money would be important, but probably more important to someone on Earth would be they're also going to get a guaranteed spot, you know, in a nice living situation on either either the moon or on Mars, you know, their choice. So Snake Plissken now has to fight his way off Earth through the hundreds of people trying to find him and kill him, get to the moon and figure out who framed him and why. Um not going to lie, I don't have that part figured out, the, the who and the why. Who the fuck cares? Um, I, I think that if, if you were to walk in, if, if John Carpenter were to walk into, um, uh, I don't know, Amazon right now with this general pitch, um, I think they would at least listen to him and, and want to get more notes on it. Um, I don't mean, I'm not trying to pump up my own idea that much, but I just think this, this, feels, like the, this feels like one of the more interesting and natural sort of, um, I should say, th- this feels like, We've talked before about like the the sequels and the continuations from movies and TV shows and things that have like humongous time gaps. Um, you this to me this feels like a very natural sort of way to fill in that humongous time gap. You know we've gone from you know at first New York being the prison, uh, you know Manhattan Island being a prison to the ruined Los Angeles being a prison. Now Earth is essentially not even really a prison uh, per se, but the people who are there are just like stuck there and they're not going anywhere. While the while society has moved, uh, you know, away from them, um, so it does feel like a natural progression given the time frame, and also just like it just feels like something that if this I know that the I know that the um, the movie uh, Ghost of Mars was there was a, a, at least in part at least in some small part that was that was possibly going to be an escape from Mars with Snake Plissken. Um, certain obviously a lot of details got changed. I don't think it's like I don't think it's that like it was like that close at all necessarily. But I, I do think that this is sort of where we progress with the storytelling and sort of the, um, how, how far dystopia has reached, um, in, in, uh, in the world of snake Plissken that, that John Carpenter created, it has to go worldwide and it has to sort of, we now have to have sort of the, the, the powerful people and the people that do, 
um, you know, that, that pull all the strings, they have to be off the planet at this point in time. So to me, it just feels like a very natural sort of way to con- include, to uh, sort of continue the story of Snake Plissken. Um, and again, I, I think it works either way. You either have old Kurt Russell as old Snake Plissken, or you recast, and I would, again, I would just, his son just seems like such a natural fit just to have Wyatt Russell, Wyatt Russell just do it. Um, you know, recast recast him as, as essentially the same age as he would have been um, in in, pri- in the prior movies. But either way, I think it works. Um, I just think this would be, again, like I'm, I'm one of those, I'm, as a massive Carpenter fan and sort of an apologist for um, even some of his later movies that I think are, are much better than their reputation. Um, I think that this would be something that he would have a lot of fun with. Um, getting to getting to revisit a character um, that he that is so singular and so and, and that he created so well, it would just be awesome to see him revisit it. And you could really build in a lot of if you wanted to take a lot of shots at the Hollywood establishment that kind of um, the kind of under that really made a <laughs> a habit of undercutting him in a lot of his a lot of his ventures. There's a lot of satire to be had about like the rich and powerful living on a different planet entirely, but still you know pulling the strings on, on a planet they don't give a shit about. Um, so there's a lot of room for satire and commentary there. So Escape from Earth, uh, I think that would be I think it would be a lot of fun if we could go down that if we could go that direction. And I want to wrap up the main selections here with one that I think is um, I, this is I even kind of surprised myself when I when I was thinking about this, but because it's not something that necessarily lends itself to a continuation. In fact, this wouldn't be a continuation. This would purely be an adaptation of the original movie, which is a absolute masterpiece of comedy. Um, and I'm going to, and, and I'll admit the titling is very simple, but it makes sense. Um, so I'm going to adapt Groundhog Day, uh, the classic Bill Murray, Bill Murray comedy, uh, time loop comedy, and we're going to have Groundhog Days. Um, so obviously in the, in the original, uh, Phil Connors is stuck in a time loop in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, um, reliving, reliving Groundhog Day and the emergence of Punxsutawney Phil over and over again. So... <clears throat> We're going to keep with that same general story, um, but this time we're going to have a news reporter from. We're going to. Um, by the way, uh, this is definitely the the Buckeye in me coming out here. We're going to make it Ohio centric. Um, a news reporter for the Columbus Dispatch begrudgingly returns to her hometown of Marion, Ohio. Uh, it's about an hour away from Columbus um, to cover Buckeye Chuck. That's our version of Puxtani Phil to cover Buckeye Chuck's emergence on Groundhog Day. She feels like she's too big to cover something as goofy as Buckeye Chuck and hasn't been back in Marion in years because she also feels like that she's too big for such a small town. And then obviously time loop wackiness ensues and our intrepid reporter is stuck in the same day in the hometown she abandoned long ago. Um, so a lot of, uh, you know, this, the lessons of, of Groundhog Day are going to be in place, right? She's going to learn the same lessons as Phil Connors. Um, about personal growth and getting over selfishness and the cynicism of, you know, of, of the things that she didn't like in, in her hometown and why she hasn't, even even though Marion's only like an hour away, why he, she hasn't gone back. Um, and, you know, and, and also like she's also going to find out in the same way that Phil Connors does, um, you know, despite her status in the in the big city, she's a very lonely person because she has systematically kind of pushed people away and. And made a point that like her career and her status are more important than um, you know interpersonal relationships and friendships and, and what have you. 
Um, so, you know, those lessons are going to be learned along the way as well. Now, the, the main difference here, and this is um, this is mostly for the benefit of the of the viewer, um, you know, because, it, you know, thinking about this as, as thinking about this as like a multiple episode show. Um, you can't have in the, in the way that in the movie, it's the sa- exact same thing happens over and over again. Obviously, uh, Phil Connors does different things, but like everything is essentially static. Um, but you can kind of get away with that in a movie, um, you know, that's coming at you in one hundred minute, you know, two hour burst. But like if you're watching an hour week to week to week, you know, over 10, 15, 20 episodes, um, you do need sort of proof of concept for the viewer that in fact our you know the main character our intrepid reporter is changing um but we also need we also need then some like actual changes to even if they're small or subtle we actually need some changes to happen in the environment um to sort of to sort of prove that things are in fact changing for her and you know there is an impact for what she's doing day to day um so like for example, um, you know, so she wakes up. You know, we can keep and we can keep stuff like you know maybe there is a song that greets her every morning. I think it's "I Got You, Babe" in um, in the original. Pick another, pick another seventies or eighties, um, you know, uh, you know, rock song or something, and that could be your that could be your new um, that could be your new sort of uh, tie that binds episode to episode. Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, so something something small changes, or maybe even maybe it's even something big. Like for example. Maybe one day she gets an email um, on her, you know, or a text message that she never received before, previously, um, and that sort of unfolds into a new a new story and a new opportunity to meet a new person and do something for them. Um, or you know, you could even have you know something she does something in episode two um, to change someone's fortunes or whatever in the town, and then episode ten she like you know having been away from you know pulled away from that storyline. She notices in episode ten that something she had that whatever she had changed in episode two has stuck. So there would be sort of, you know, uh, maybe not even necessarily episode to episode, but in the background stuff would be would be changing as as she goes through her day, even though it is in fact the same day over and over and over again. Um, oddly enough, though, I, I feel like I, I kept figuring out like, okay, so how do you end this type of show, right? Like there there has to be an end point because like you can't have you can't have someone trapped in a time loop forever. It just doesn't like if anything that actually seems more like punishment, even if they do learn something. And there is a punishment element to um, the original, and um, it'll, and you know these types of time loop movies and shows. There's always some kind of element of you know interpreting as as punishment or whatever. But it would actually feel 100% like punishment if there was no end to it. So. When I was thinking about how I would end this, I really kind of had like a tragic, bittersweet ending. Um, but I think I think it offers sort of opportunity to like really sort of seal and show like exactly the impact she had. So <clears throat> just to do my thoughts here, our, our protagonist dies. Um, maybe she's, you know, she saved someone else's life or it's something like, you know, an undiagnosed disease, um, you know, finally gets them. You know, maybe some it basically it would be somewhat sudden. But this is where like the sort of the bittersweet part it comes in at her funeral in in you know it's in her hometown in Marion. Whole town turns out they're they're obviously very they're obviously grieving, and they share with her surviving family members and friends and obviously us in the audience that all of these things that were that she was reliving day to day and trying to change day to day 
did happen. So all of the surviving family members hear all of the collected stories about how she positively positively affected their lives and how her presence in Marion changed the city for the better. So, it, you know, it would be obviously like a very bittersweet ending, but sort of the ultimate sort of proof that, um, you know, despite despite being stuck in this, like, in the situation she didn't want to be stuck in, uh, she grew and changed, and her growth and change changed everyone else. I think it would be a kind of a, a, a very, again, a bittersweet way to end it, but sort of like the ultimate sort of, if you want, like, a message about personal growth and stuff, it's, you know that's that's like a, a very that's a very blunt way to sort of stamp that into as a message as your show so again i think um i think that's a little bit a little bit more unexpected especially from from me but um you know i, I again like the the original comedy was just so fucking good and it does sort of um it does sort of lend itself at least a little bit to being to being episodic if you want it to be i don't think this is this isn't something that could be like a five season show but certainly something that could run for for multiple seasons, um, and you know wouldn't lose too much steam if it kept going for you know three or four or whatever, um, and and you know you could wrap it up very nicely with something like the character's death and like how and how much of an impact she actually had on everyone. So Groundhog Days, um, that's that's the last one there. Just so just to do a quick recap before I get into the honorable mentions, we have the next Starfighter based off the last Starfighter. We have Escape from Earth, based off of Escape from New York and, to a lesser degree, Escape from L.A. And Groundhog Days, based off, based off the fantastic masterpiece comedy Groundhog Day. All right, now to wrap up with my honorable mentions uh, here real quickly. Um, I, again, three honorable, three honorable mentions. I, I just think that they, um, they fall a little bit short for one reason or another, um, or they're just, you know, they probably wouldn't be like a, a huge, no one's clamoring for these necessarily. So I'll start off with my first one. Major League. Uh, we need a fun, offbeat sports show again. Uh, we don't really get that many of them. Sports shows are, are just hard to do. In a, first off, they're hard to do in a non-dramatic format. And they're even harder to, they're even harder to do, um, they're even harder to do because there's just a lot of people that don't, there's a lot of people that don't watch sports regularly. Um, so some of the nuances and stuff that you would get into with any sports show are just kind of lost in the average viewer. Um, but it is possible. We, we have seen it before. Um, you know, think about like that, that TV show coach with Craig T. Nelson ran for a long time. Um, you know, ESPN went with the, the dramatic route with, um, uh, what was it? Um, no, like game, game, game makers, game, oh, five playmakers, Jesus Christ, playmakers. And then obviously you've had stuff like ballers, on HBO, I, I kind of want something a little, de- definitely something funnier. And what better way to do it than to follow a major league baseball team? Although in this case, I'll, I'll make a quick change. But um, you know, to follow a baseball team and like the the day to day, the ups and downs of what it, what it's like to play baseball. But in this case, set it in the minor leagues. Um, so we'll make it you know players that are aspiring to be in the major leagues. Um, <clears throat> you know, they've and they've they kind of did that. They had a, a major league back to the minors or whatever. Um, I, I want to say like it had like Walton Goggins in it, and um, oh gosh, who else? I I know that I'm missing. I know that I'm missing some. Uh, I know that I'm missing some big time actors that were in that. But uh, I think it would be kind of interesting to to set it, especially like in the lower minor leagues, where things are things are li- liter- literally and figuratively very far away from the major leagues. Um, but you know, 
who knows? I, again, I don't, I don't think anyone's anyone's clamoring for it necessarily, uh, but I think it could be pretty fun. Uh, next one here, Bad Boys. I just can't decide if I want Bad Boys to feel a little bit more dramatic along the lines of Miami Vice or if I would want it to stick truer to its action comedy roots. But either way, I really kind of want, I want Bayhem on TV. Um, I, I want the, especially, you know, the the, the Bad Boys movies kind of, um, you, you definitely get like a little, you know, your mileage will vary, uh, you know, movie to movie. But like the original, you can't deny the electricity of the action. You can't deny the fun that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence were having. Um, I want to bottle that. I want to bottle that up and put that into a TV show if possible. So bad boys is my next honorable mention. And then for my last honorable mention, it's, I, I just don't, I don't know if maybe it's just, maybe this could be another, maybe this should be a, a another movie um, as opposed to a TV series. Um, or, or maybe you could make this a mini series possibly, but right now with the state of American politics, the state of world politics, world issues, social issues my god we are crying out for another satire with puppets that's right i want another i want a team america tv show um it just it i don't it's like it's amazing to me right now that we don't that there hasn't been talk of another one of these um in recent years and just given how given like what's going on in the world right now i think i think a, a team america tv show even if it is like a mini series, like a three to four episode mini series, could be fucking hilarious if if done right. And boy, again, just all the world issues, all the um, all the domestic issues, be they political, uh, personal, social, whatever. There's just so much going on in the country right now and going on in the world right now that an, another another installment of Team America in some form I think is desperately needed and would be very very funny. All right, that does it for this particular mini-sode. Um, stay tuned tomorrow as we get into TV shows. We are going to take some old TV shows and either, um, again, same kind of format. We're either going to make them, kind of remake them entirely or figure out a way to continue them from where they left off. Um, so that's old TV shows tomorrow. But for now, uh, thanks for downloading and listening, and we will catch you next time.